This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Welcome to the Selfish Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to fill the gap between your comfort zone and living the life of your dreams. Okay, let's get a little bit selfish. In today's episode, I'm going to tell you a terrifying experience that I had this weekend where I thought I would get my son and I out of our comfort zones and later I was scared we might die. And then I'm going to talk to you about one of my biggest passions and something that has I've built an entire career on for the last 13 years. We're going to talk about exercise. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what kind of exercise is appropriate for you, how you can integrate it into your life, and how it can not feel like a big chore. It can actually be something that you look forward to. All right, let's just dive right into the part where I felt like the worst mom ever. I am not one to feel guilty about things, but I'm having a hard time recovering from this one. So maybe you can relate. We decided last weekend to take our little boy, Vinny, up to the mountains. And we got up to the mountains. We were going to this little area where you can inner tube, this small little ski hill. There's kids up there taking lessons. It was like total low key environment. So I was like, this will be perfect for a three-year-old who is generally terrified of new things and his mom, who is generally terrified of new things. This will be great. So we get up there and we're watching other kids. They're skiing and they're inner tubing and they all seem to be doing fine. And we get in line to get our tickets for inner tubing. And I'm trying to be like very positive and upbeat about the whole thing. So I don't want Vinny to get nervous and I don't want 
myself to get too nervous. So when we get in line, the woman says, now, you know, he has to go in the inner tube by himself. He can't sit on your lap. And this was kind of shocking to me because in my mind, inner tubing meant that you hold the three-year-old on your lap. You don't send them in their own inner tube. But I'm thinking like, okay, they don't have a rule against it. So it must be okay. And I'm looking at where the kids are inner tubing a short distance from us and there's small children going and they look to be like four to five at the youngest. But I was still thinking like this woman would tell me if this is inappropriate. So again, trying to put on my big girl pants and be like the brave mommy and not be a person that's going to make my child fearful of new things. I'm like, let's go. This is going to be great. So we go over and we start getting situated. And my husband decides that he's going to wait at the bottom of the little hill. Vinny will go up the little rope toe in his tube first. I'll go right behind him in my tube so I can kind of keep an eye on him and give him little tips, which of course he will be listening to so well, right? So we watch for a while and we're getting Vinny all pumped up and we're like, okay, like I think we're ready to go now. And we watch a few kids come down. They seem to be doing fine. And so I'm thinking like, this is reasonable. So we go and get in line and we get Vinny in his tube. And by the way, when he gets in his tube, you can barely see him inside the tube because the tube is so big and he is so small. So I start getting a little nervous, but I'm like, no, 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 like be the brave mommy. And Vinny is going for this. Like he's not freaking out. So I'm just like, we're going like, if he's not freaking out, I'm going to ride this out. So he starts to go up the little rope toe and I get in my inner tube, which was kind of a fiasco. Of course, the nervous mom held up the whole line. So I get in my tube and we get up towards the top of the rope toe and the rope toe, when you get to the top, it just flips you around and sends you right down the other side of the little hill where the tube goes down. So I see Vinny getting up toward the top and I'm like screaming the whole time, like sit down and don't stand up and have fun. And this is so great. And I'm like trying to be positive and make sure I'm giving him pointers because I'm terrified that he's going to stand up halfway through the run and fly out of the inner tube. Cause I'm worried that like, if he gets scared, what is he going to do? I don't want him to catapult himself out of the tube. So we get up to the top. I see him turn the corner. He starts to go down the hillside and all of a sudden, his little head, which you can barely see above the tube, ducks inside the tube, and you can just see the top of his little hat, and you can barely see that there's anything in the tube. And I see him going down, and then I shortly thereafter get you know, to the end of my rope toe, and I start to go down the hillside, and oh my god, this thing went so fast, I immediately start spinning in circles, so I can't even watch Vinny going down, because I'm spinning in circles so much that I have to close my eyes. It's going so fast and then it like kind of curves at one point. So you go up on your side and then it swings around again and you do more circles and then you get down to the bottom and at the bottom they have these mats laid out. So it kind of slows you down. And I'm just thinking like, as I start slowing down that I'm just going to go flying out of the thing. It was terrifying. In addition to my own fear for myself, I'm thinking, where is Vinny? And did he make it to the bottom? And you know, I have my eyes closed the whole time. So I'm just envisioning horrible things. And I'm also thinking, what if he flew out? Like this is hard packed snow here. He could have flown out and gotten a head injury. He didn't have a helmet on because no one else had a helmet on. And I'm trying to be the brave mom and just do what everyone else is doing. And I am completely peeing my pants. So I get down to the bottom. I stand up and I'm immediately like searching the crowd for Vinny. I see him standing with my husband. He's looking a little shell-shocked. And I go over and I'm like, oh my gosh, wasn't that so fun? Completely faking it, by the way. So Vinny looks at me and he's like, 
uh-huh, like totally shell-shocked. And I said, do you want to go again? And he's like, no. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, there is absolutely no way we're going again, but I want to be really positive. So he says he doesn't want to go again. And then I look up to my husband and I mouth, that was terrifying. And he's like smiling. He's like, okay, yeah, I think we can go now. So we walked ourselves straight over to the car and left the little mountain area and went back into town where there was a tiny little hill where you could get sleds or little like sledding disc things. And you could just ride up and down those, which of course Vinny was too scared to do because he was terrified and traumatized from his mountain experience just before. But anyways, so this was such a scary experience. And I woke up in the middle of the night that night thinking, oh my gosh, I am a horrible, horrible mom. First, I should have tested the run out. My husband and I both, we should have just done more to make sure that this was a safe thing. And I am not one to jump into things like that. It is completely against my personality. I am one who like, let's test things and let's read reviews on things and let's make sure it's safe. And like, for sure, let's wear helmets, knee pads, elbow pads, like every, I mean, if we can be in a full body brace, that would be fantastic. I am just so conservative about anything. Like my child has never ridden his little tiny balance bike without a helmet. And he's like three inches off the ground for that. Okay. But then he goes flying down a mountain, like crazy speeds, spinning in circles, could have gotten catapulted out at any time. And I'm like, Oh, what helmet? We should have had a helmet. Like who knew? So this was so scary to me. Vinny seemed to recover, but he did confirm multiple times that we weren't going to go intertubing again over the weekend. So luckily the rest of the weekend was great. We had a really good time. But I just kept thinking, how did I do this to my child? And like, why was I not more cautious about this? Because it's not my personality. And I did have to kind of go back to a place of balance thinking, it's okay to listen to your gut. Like you want to step outside of your comfort zone, but also like listen to your gut a little bit. If something doesn't feel quite right, especially when it comes to mountain safety, maybe you should listen to that. So it got me thinking to how this all relates to exercise and how this relates to trying something new, because I know this was a really scary thing for Vinny and for me, trying something new. It was scary for me as a mom. It was scary for him as a tiny little three-year-old child in this big, huge inner tube. And it so closely parallels trying new things with exercise. So I thought that was a good segue to kind of jump into a conversation about exercise. So many of you probably know my career in fitness has been pretty long lived at this point. I became a trainer in 2003. So gosh, 13 years ago now. And I own a gym in Seattle. Like fitness has just been a huge part of my life. Before becoming a trainer, I was doing a lot of distance running and triathlons. And so I was a pretty big athlete. Now, just to back up really quickly, before all of that athlete stuff, I was a macaroni and cheese kid. I hated PE class, like exercise and sports were my least favorite things ever. In high school, I broke my thumb in PE class one day, and it was one of the best days of my life because it meant that I didn't have to do PE for six weeks. I got to sit on the sidelines. It was fantastic. So exercise is certainly something that brought a lot of fear and anxiety to my life for many, many years. And I felt very uncomfortable in my own skin. So my transition into exercise is a really long story that always makes me cry. And someday I'll do a whole episode just on that. But for today, what I want to talk about is how you can incorporate exercise into your life. This episode is supported by Aqua. 
AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless and how to do that in the best way possible so that you get the most bang for your buck. Because here's the thing with exercise when you're a mom, there's a lot of different ways you can do it And I don't want you to waste your time and I don't want you to spin your wheels because you don't have the time to do that. It's one thing in your 
late teens, early twenties, before you have kids, before you have a career, all those kinds of things, you have the time to like play around and like go to a yoga class in the morning and go running at night and go to a spin class at lunch. Like you can do try all these different things. When you're a mom, and especially if you're a working mom, you have like 20 minutes a day, maybe. And what are you going to do in those 20 minutes? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing here, I want you to always be aware of your goal when you're exercising. It's so crucial. If you don't know your goal, there's no way that you can be as efficient and effective as possible. And when it comes to integrating exercise into your life, efficiency and effectiveness is so essential because you don't want to waste your time. Again, your time is very limited. So you have to know your goal. Is your goal fat loss and weight loss? Is your goal improving your general health and heart health? Is your goal stress relief? Or is your goal enjoyment of some sort of movement? Maybe taking you back to your roots in sports or something like that. Those are kind of the four general categories. It might be both of, you know, multiple things in there. For me, a lot of my exercise history has been about weight loss, fat loss, because I wanted to lose weight when I was an overweight teen and young adult. But it also was always about stress relief because it was so impacted my stress and anxiety to make sure that I exercised on a really regular basis. So you might fall into multiple categories. It's still really important to know, though, what is important to you and what is significant and what are the reasons that you're doing your workouts. So the next step is determining the type of exercise. So if your goal is fat loss or weight loss, you want to be looking at strength training and building strength. Building strength requires using weight that is heavier than three pound dumbbells. So generally you're using weights that are challenging to you in a safe way. Let me clarify that. So if that's new to you, often working with a professional is the most desirable thing to do. The other appropriate type of exercise for weight loss and fat loss would be high intensity interval training, which is a certain form of cardio where you have work phases and rest phases. And so you can maximize your metabolic effort during the work phases. And so an example of that would be something like running for 30 seconds and then walking for 30 seconds or running for a minute and walking for a minute or running for a minute and walking for 30 seconds. There's all sorts of variations that you can do. There's not necessarily a right and a wrong What's significant is that when you're working, you're really, really pushing your effort. And then it's also very significant that you do have a rest phase. And then during that rest phase, you get enough recovery so that when you go back to the work phase, you can work really, really hard so that when you get into that work phase, you are able to maximize your effort and you actually need to stop for rest at the end of the designated work phase. So for fat loss and weight loss, those are going to be your top priorities, especially if you're short on time, strength training and high intensity intervals. You can mix in other types of exercise. That doesn't mean that yoga is going to be bad for you or walking is going to be bad for you. It just means that those kinds of workouts are not going to be super specific to your goal of fat loss and weight loss, but you also don't want to overdo it. So you're just doing like strength training and high intensity interval stuff seven days a week, because first of all, I don't believe anyone should exercise seven days a week. You should always have a day off and it's okay to mix in other things that bring you like restorative movement kinds of things. And so don't ever feel bad about doing the things that are very specific to your goals for like two thirds of your workout every week. And then having one third of your workout or one fourth of your workouts being something that's a little more restorative or a little more mellow and can actually help with some of the stress relief a little bit more so than like being really focused on burning fat and burning calories and those kinds of things. So for general health, if that's your goal, 
an appropriate type of exercise would be something that's low to moderate in intensity. And so that might be walking or running at not a super fast pace. It can be like that steady state cardio, getting on the elliptical, all those kinds of things. They're going to increase your heart rate to the point that you're going to get some good heart conditioning, which is really great for heart health, which is obviously very important. And the great thing is with general health exercise goals, it doesn't take a ton of effort. You don't have to go to that place where it's like you're cripplingly sore or you are like sweating your brains out. You can get great benefits to your health with low to moderate intensity, more towards the moderate end, but low intensity can be also helpful sometimes. And then getting in some strength training for bone density. And again, the strength training doesn't have to be super, super heavy. You don't have to be doing like Olympic lifts and things that are really heavy. You can be doing things that are sometimes body weight based and sometimes dumbbell based, maybe some kettlebell training, but it doesn't have to be super heavy or overwhelming. For stress relief, if that's your goal, things that let you kind of zone out are going to be really essential. So I find stress relief in all sorts of exercise because I've exercised for a really long time. And most people will find stress relief in high intensity exercise because you get this amazing endorphin rush afterwards. But if you're just starting out and you want something that's going to be relieve stress and anxiety, some steady state cardio is great. So again, like walking, hiking, running, moderate running, swimming, biking, being in nature, doing yoga, those kinds of things, those are all going to be kind of your more restorative things. It doesn't have to be super high intensity. It can be at whatever pace feels right for you that day. So I did a lot of this over the summer. I stopped running for a period of time and I started walking three days a week, which was really challenging for me at first because walking is not something I generally enjoy, but I started walking to supplement that and make me feel better about it. I started listening to podcasts, which was actually a huge part of my inspiration to start this podcast. And that turned into really restorative time for me. And so three days a week, I did my walks, I listened to podcasts, it really, really helped me kind of get into my Zen place. So if enjoyment of movement is your goal, then your exercise could be anything that you really enjoy. So it might be dance, it might be sports, it might be activity clubs. So I know in Seattle, we have like kickball clubs and like badminton and all sorts of different things, rock climbing and all those kinds of things. So In addition to that, it might be outdoor activities. So seasonal stuff that is fun. So mountain skiing in the winter and water skiing in the summer. So things along those lines, hiking in the spring and the fall. So getting outside and using that as your time. So examples, why you might want to train for a marathon or why you might want to go to CrossFit or why you might want to do your workouts at home. There's a lot of different reasons to do different kinds of exercise And it all goes back to what is your goal? So if you want to train for a marathon, that's fantastic. If that's like a bucket list item for you, but don't train for a marathon to lose fat because you can lose fat in a lot less time without having to do miles and miles and hours and hours of running. And so if training for a marathon is an important goal for you, that's fantastic. Do that. But if weight loss is your important goal, then find a way to be more effective and efficient than marathon training. And so again, getting back to strength training and high intensity interval training for the weight loss goal. If marathon is training is your goal, that's fantastic. Then you're going to want to follow a marathon training program. If going to CrossFit is a goal of yours, that's fantastic. Does that align with your exercise goal though? So most people who go to CrossFit are going to CrossFit for really looking at strength gains and really looking at speed gains and really looking at like athletic activities, athletic physique, they enjoy competition, they enjoy community exercise. Those are all really positive things. If that resonates with you, that might be a positive thing for you. If you don't have an athletic background at all, I caution you to be very, very careful with CrossFit because CrossFit caters well to 
people who have an athletic background, but the risk of injury is high, especially if you do not have an athletic background. So working out at home. So for me, this is my chosen means of exercise after many years of doing a lot of other kinds of things. You know, I've gone through periods of marathon training and half marathon training and triathlon training and going to boxing clubs and going to workout classes. Now I do probably 90% of my workouts at home, sometimes more. Um, or from home, like I run from my house a few days a week, and then I do everything else at home in our guest bedroom, which is a tiny little cramped space to work out. But it works for me, and it allows me to be efficient and effective. And that is what's really essential. If you can't be efficient and effective with your time, then you will not continue to do it. So how to integrate exercise, it has to be scheduled. If you do not schedule your exercise, it will not happen. You will negotiate your way out of it every single day. So for me, it's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning. And it's been that way for years. And so even when I had training clients at 6am, I would either get up and work out before them. So there was mornings when I was out running at like 5am, or I would work out at my first break in the day. So this is the backup for if you don't work out first thing in the morning, this is what I recommend for moms. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about. So it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over 1 million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder. So if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. 
So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. When my son was really little, I didn't want to work out when I fed him like at 5 a.m. So I'd put him back to bed. I would get another hour or so of sleep because that was really essential for me. And I think sleep is very important, especially if your sleep is interrupted multiple times in the night. And then when he went down for his first morning nap, I would then get in my workout. So it was like the first opportunity. I never waited till the afternoon. I never waited till the evening because for me, I just know it will not happen. I will negotiate my way out of it. So that's very important. Having some level of accountability for most people is critical. So signing up for a class, joining some sort of anything where you're going to be held accountable. So that might be personal training. It might be that you have a workout buddy. It might be just that you tell your partner or your husband, like I'm getting up at 6am to work out tomorrow morning, just so you've said it out loud and you've set that accountability. I've done that on Facebook. Like I look out and I see it's pouring rain and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'll post it on Facebook. Like, okay, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it heading out for my run. And then when I get back, I like check it off on Facebook with a comment saying, yep, it's all done now, just so that I have that accountability, because it's really hard to get it done sometimes. And so do whatever you need to do to make sure you're keeping yourself accountable and that you have some level of accountability, especially if that is a struggle for you. And then here's the final thing. You have to learn how to love it. And this takes some practice with your self-talk. So you have to make your plan sustainable And if it's not sustainable, you're not going to do it. So for me, what is sustainable is that I have to do it first thing in the morning and it has to be located in a convenient place like my guest bedroom or walking out my door to run. So if that location is not convenient to you, it's not going to happen. So make sure that it is something that is all your steps with exercise have to be sustainable. That doesn't mean they shouldn't challenge you and scare you a little bit because when you do those things that challenge and scare you, that is actually where you see the best results. So don't pick things that don't make you a little bit nervous. Do pick things that make you nervous and make you a little uncomfortable, but make sure that like if you're going to pick a gym, don't pick a gym that's all the way across town. Or if you're going to work out at 6 p.m. with a friend, but you know that like that's when your kids need you the most every day, like that's not a sustainable plan. So maybe you need to work out with your friend at 6 a.m. instead. So like I've mentioned a few times, it has to be as effective and efficient as possible and know that more is not better. So when you're learning to love your exercise routine, if you try to just always do more, it just hangs over your head and you're just beating yourself up over it. So set a goal that's reasonable for you. If you don't exercise at all right now, three days a week on non-consecutive days is a very appropriate place to start. Don't worry about doing six days a week. Don't worry about doing five days a week. Start with something that's manageable. Once you do three days a week for a month, maybe you could add a fourth day or even a fifth day a month after that. So I exercise five to six days a week, but that is a plan that I've had for many years and I've integrated that over time and I've built it into my schedule. I've built it into my identity. It is a big part of who I am, but that took time. So start off with what's appropriate for you with where you're at in your life right now, not what other people around you are doing, not what your single sister-in-law is doing because she has all the time in the world, not what your neighbor is doing because they want to like do an Ironman triathlon. Do what's appropriate for you and bite things off in reasonable chunks for you and for your family. And then you have to pay close attention to how you feel afterwards because that will reinforce the motivation every single time. You will not always want to do your workout. Many times, most times, you might not want to do it. Additionally, while you're doing it, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, my muscles are burning and I just want to be done. So it's really important that you focus on the afterglow and think like, oh my gosh, I feel amazing. This is so good. And note how that impacts your whole day. Note your energy level and notice your patience with your family and your child and your spouse or your significant other. Notice how productive you are. 
those are all really critical, critical things. I know that I used to have my 6am schedule with clients booked out months in advance because everyone wanted to work out at 6am because it so positively impacted their entire day. And none of them saw it as a punishment. They all saw it as a privilege. I mean, like I said, it was 6am, but it was like a privilege to get a 6am spot on my schedule because they all knew that they would have the best day after that. And so I had people fighting for those spots. Don't focus on the alarm going off or focus on how much you're going to sweat or focus on your muscles burning. Focus on what this does for your quality of life because that will reinforce the need to do it. The last thing is you want to be really proud of your strength and be proud of your sense of commitment. Be proud of your perseverance. This is all part of your legacy and it's part of the example that you're setting for kids. And this is a really, really big deal. With kids leading very sedentary lives, it's so significant that they see exercise as a norm. They don't just see like, mommy's doing like a one month fast and then she's gonna do a one month yoga challenge. It needs to be that like we just move on a regular basis and we eat healthy foods on a regular basis. We don't do these little stops and starts because that doesn't show our family that we have a commitment to a long-term sustainable plan that actually has a huge impact on your entire life over many years. So it's really important that you make this a part of your life that you can sustain so that then it's a part of your legacy and it's a part of what you model for your kids so that they absorb those same values of taking care of themselves and having good health. So if that means all you can do is like five minutes of stretching first thing in the morning, start with that and just let that become the norm. Let your kids get up and see you laying on the floor first thing in the morning so they can think like, oh yeah, this is what we do. We get up first thing in the morning and we start moving. And that becomes a critical part of your day. And it becomes a part of what they think is just the norm. You can incorporate them into it too. And we can talk about that on another episode. But bringing your kids into the exercise fold is a really great thing too. I will tell you, sometimes it's kind of annoying if you're really trying to get your sweat on and your kids are jumping over you. But it actually can be really, really beneficial for them. So I hope this was really helpful. As always, please leave your questions, your comments um, on the post for us. Make sure that you let us know what you want to know more of. I want to follow up with another episode about exercise because it's such a passion of mine. So please let us know what you'd like to have me specifically address related to fitness. And I will make sure that I do a follow-up episode. You can leave comments and questions on theselfishmomacademy.com. And if this was valuable information for you and you loved this episode and you loved hearing about how I almost let my kid have a major injury and fly off of a mountain, please leave us a review in iTunes. It's really the biggest compliment that you can give for this podcast right now. And to let me know that you want me to continue doing what I'm doing. This is such a fun, fun project. And I'm really grateful for all the feedback. So please leave us a review on iTunes and make sure that you get out there and do something a little bit selfish just for you today. I'll talk to you next time. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. 
It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.